Welcome, friends, to episode four. Today, my guest is Tiffany Fletcher, and she talks to us about finding the light in your life. She shares about her childhood and growing up in a really, really abusive home. Later, she came out of that, and now she's teaching us how to find the light in the darkness of our lives. We talk about lighthouses and how a darkened lighthouse, it never rescued anyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, and welcome. Do you ever feel busy, depressed, or overwhelmed? Then you have come to the right place. On this podcast, you will hear stories from all kinds of mamas that will uplift and inspire you and help you embrace your crazy life. After all, it takes a village to raise someone like me. Welcome to our village, the Mama's Love and Happy Tribe. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited about my cute guest that I have on. Um, Tiffany and I, we have known each other for forever, it seems like. We met in college and we lost track of each other after I got married. And then we reconnected recently when she was speaking at a conference. Um, Tiffany, would you introduce yourself? Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I, um, my name is Tiffany Fletcher. I am the mother of five children. I homeschool my kids and I I love it. It gives me the opportunity to know each of them individually and help them with the needs that they have. I I love to speak and write. I do them both professionally and I um, love telling stories and I love other people, helping other people tell those, tell their stories. So that's a, that's what I love. And oh, and I love Jesus. Yes, you do. <laughs> I have been absolutely inspired by you, and I hope that you, those that are listening in today, that they will be inspired by you too. Thank you. Okay. Well, since you love to tell stories, I'm actually just going to let you tell your story because it is freaking amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, okay. So I grew up with a mother who had multiple personalities. It's now known as dissociative identity disorder. Uh-huh. So I, was, I was the second oldest of six children. And, um, life was difficult. It was hard. I can imagine. Um, my, my mom had 14 different altars that started in range in the age from a three-year-old little boy all the way up to a violent altar named Bill. She had male and female and she had some that were kind to us and she had some that were not so kind to us. And really, um, we didn't know which one we were going to get. So it made every day interesting and every day different. Um, When she was the three-year-old little boy, she would rock back and forth in the corner. Um, We would have to coax her out. Um, We would have to help her to the bathroom. We would have to help dress her. We would have to help put her to bed. And um, she was essentially a three-year-old little child that was um, very sad, very abused-like um, situation and and we just really cared for her when she was um, her violent altars she had the strength enough strength that she could lift me up with one hand against the wall and threaten me she threatened us with um, oh butcher gosh. knife um, she threatened us um, she, she strangled us she um, in all areas I, I don't know how many wooden spoons were broken while beating me and I'm 
or hairbrushes. Those were her two go-to things. Um, so yeah, very different, very, um, not your everyday kind of situation. Um, but anyway, when I was growing up, we didn't tell anybody about what was happening at home. First of all, we lived in a very religious community and in that religious community, um, perfection seemed to be the normal, like people wanted to put on that face of perfection to show that they were the perfect, you know, Christian and the perfect religious person. And so, um, we just didn't talk about it. And my, my little sister told, uh, a church leader once, um, and that church leader told her that she was making it up for attention. And so after that, we just felt like it was our burden to bear and we oh couldn't tell anybody. So, um, my dad, was a mechanic at the time. He still is. He's older now and <laughs> does a lot less mechanic-y things. Yeah. But anyway, um, he was a mechanic. He worked three jobs. He was gone from early morning until late at night. And so really it was, and I was the second oldest of the six. And so it was my responsibility to really take care of everything. My older sister, um, she was sick a lot and um, she was in bed a lot. Later, we would find out that my mother had a prescription drug addiction. Uh -huh. And because of that, she was siphoning the drugs from my sister, keeping her sick so that she could take her, my sister's medication as well. Oh and, and so really in that situation, um, it was left to me to kind of manage what was happening at home. And uh, so anyway... I, as a teenager, I was very angry. I, I was angry with my mom because I felt that she was just doing this on purpose, you know, uh -huh. hurting us. I was angry with my dad because he wasn't around. I was angry that, that with my brothers and sisters because I had to mother them. And really, I was, it was a hard, it was a hard situation. But um, in my early 20s, I left home. Um, I... I went on a church mission and while I was there, I talked to a church, a church leader who told me, um, well, <laughs> so I wasn't getting any letters from home. Let me back up. I wasn't getting any letters from home. I went to my church leader and I said, I, I just need to call home. And he said, well, no, just forget yourself and go to work. And I said, no, I need to call home and make sure that my mom's okay. And he said, well, is your mom sick? And I said, kind of. And then and he said, tell me about your mom. And for the first time in my life, I was 21 years old and I felt that I could tell my story. I felt that I could tell someone what was going on and I felt wow. completely safe. And so I sat down and I told him about the butcher knife, the drug, addi the drug addiction. I told him about the strangling. I told him about the abuse, all of those things that had happened to me. And then I told him that my mother had been sexually abused by her father, so my grandfather, from the time she was three until the time she was 18, which is why the doctor said the dissociation happened. And so for 15 years, my mom was sexually abused every day by her father. Oh, my goodness. And so after I told him all of these things, he asked the question, have you, have you ever been sexually abused? And I said... No. And so he sat there for what I felt was an eternity, like a very, very long time. And then he um, 
and he had his hands together just like thinking about um thinking about it and all I can say is I I know God had to have been talking to him because what came out of his mouth after that was the, the most inspired thing um that he could have ever said uh-huh. and he said well it sounds to me like your mother was your savior and I wow. at, at first I I I know that I look like a deer in the headlights because I couldn't understand how you could put my mother and savior in the same sentence because the savior saves people. And my mother was in my mind, the most destructive person in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just said, how so? And he said, because someone who is generally abused as much as your mother, they often perpetuate the cycle. I said, but your mother didn't, she stopped it. And he said, I have no doubt that your childhood memories are hard, but they are nothing compared to what your mother experienced on a daily basis. And because she built a bridge and stopped it, your childhood was better than hers and your children's childhood will be better than yours. And the cycle will heal. And, um, wow. So from that point, I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but as I really um, thought about that and really understood, um, the beauty of that statement, I came to an understanding that my mother was a child of God, that she had been through a lot, that she had really tried to save me in the way that she could. And I really saw the beauty in the brokenness, um, so to speak. And so then on, um, I did all that I could to see her from that perspective and really forgive her um, and and move forward, which I'm grateful for because um, in 2005, I was a young mom, um, newly married. I was, um, I had just had my second, I can't remember. I don't think I had my second child was, I think 18 months old and I was pregnant with my third. And um, in that, I got the phone call at like at four o'clock in the morning that my mother had passed away Uh and she actually died of a prescription drug overdose. Um, they said that it was accidental an accidental death, but, but how grateful I am for a wise mission leader who helped me understand, um, the importance of seeing her as a child of God Uh and, and forgiving her. So anyway, that's my story. And now I share it a lot. Oh my gosh. The first time that I heard your story, I could not believe that you had come out of it into such a beautiful woman and that you were sharing it. Cause there's a lot of people that, cause abuse is something that is like you said, it's dark. It's something that you have to hide behind closed doors. And I think it's amazing that you're sharing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Why do you feel the urge to share it with people? Because I feel like, especially in the world today, we are living in a world where darkness is very persistent. And so many of us are in places where we can't feel the light and we can't feel the love of the Savior and we can't get past the hurt and the hardship and really move into a place of light where and hope where and joy where those things don't touch us. And I feel like because I've lived in such darkness and I was able to traverse that darkness and come out of it, I feel like that 
that my message will help other people um, come out of their own darkness and find the light in their own lives. Like, I feel like it, I feel like it's part of my, you know, mission in life to just help people come out of the darkness into the light. And I feel like because I know how to, that it makes it kind of, it makes it more impactful for people. And hopefully they'll be willing to take the steps necessary to do that in their own life. Okay, friends, I hope you're really, really enjoying what Tiffany has been saying. I know I have. She is amazing. Oh my gosh. After I had recorded this, I realized that something happened to the audio in between what Tiffany just said and in between what she's saying next. So I apologize for that, that it just, you know, went into cyberspace or something like that. So as she's talking next, she's going to talk about lighthouses and someone had given her a lighthouse. So I'm going to let her finish her story because I love it and I want you guys all to hear. And she said, Tiffany, even though we've lived in darkness, we can still be a light to others. And um, so I, I, I loved that. I just loved um, that idea and the thought about it. And so I started to study lighthouses. And I realized that um, in my studying that lighthouses are unique, that they are all different. They're all painted different on the outside so you can determine what lighthouse you're coming towards. And also the light, the lens that's in the lighthouse is different determined and it's determined on how far it needs to shine and in what direction. And so you couldn't take a lens from Maine and put it in Florida. It wouldn't work, at least in the old lighthouses. They had to be, each one was designed specifically for the lighthouse where it stood. And um, I thought that that was fascinating. And, and I learned that the more cuts the lens has, the further out it shines, kind of like a diamond, like the more trials that we have, the more things that we go through, the more hardships, the more cuts that we have in life, the further out we shine. If we allow that light of Christ to shine through us, we can shine further um, for him. And then I also, I love the firm foundation, that it's in a rocky foundation, that that, that rocky foundation to me is is Christ, and it, it is just being able to stand strong where you are and to stand tall and the beautiful thing about lighthouses is that they were built for the storms. They were like on a, on a sunny day, a lighthouse does nothing for us, it gives us direction, but not really hope. But um, yeah, they were built specifically so that they could stand strong and bring light to weary travelers in the storm and in the darkness. And um, they also... Um, I think it's interesting that a darkened lighthouse never rescued anyone. It has to have that light inside of it in order for it to really shine and in order for it to rescue someone. And so for me, my life then became this um, journey to fill myself with so much light that I could then go out and rescue people out of the darkness just bring them in out of the darkness, not because I go out and run around and try to, to convert anybody, but because I simply stand and I shine and people recognize it and they know that it's different and they want to know why. So that's, that's kind of an essence why light is such a, an important thing for me. And that's just one of the many elements of it. Um, I feel like the more light we have, the less darkness 
like light dispels darkness. So the more light we have, the less the adversary can affect us. And so as we learn to add those good things into our life that are light, like being kind to people and serving and reading your scriptures and going to church and, and all of those things that bring light, um, prayer, service, you know, those just those good things. Um, the more we add those into our life, the more we dispel the darkness that, that tries to enter in. So just some of the thoughts. I have lots. <laughs> I love it. Now, you didn't know this about me, but my great, great, great uncle was a lighthouse keeper. What? And so I love lighthouses too. In fact, I'll go on um, to YouTube and I'll look up how to paint acrylic paintings of lighthouses on canvas. And I probably have four or five lighthouses hanging in my house that I painted because I love lighthouses. And the thing that drew me to it was the fact that my great uncle is a lighthouse keeper. But then everything you said, I just love lighthouses. They just, they speak to my soul. Yeah, me too. I actually have an entire lighthouse cabinet and I have, I have probably, I think probably a hundred lighthouses in there, but I haven't bought any of them. They've all been given to me because people know how much I love lighthouses. Uh And so I, they will just, they will just give me one and I will just add it to my collection. And some of them were my mother's because once my mother, I told my mother how much I love lighthouses and I think it really spoke to her soul too. And so she started collecting them. And, um, so when she died, I got all of her lighthouse collection. So oh. it's, it's so fun. Like wherever I go, I always find someone who, who gives me a lighthouse in some, in some way. And, uh, I just think it's beautiful because at least I know that people are being touched by it, you know? Uh huh. So, yeah. That is so fun. I have lighthouses too. They sit in my house, like the statues of them, they sit on my front porch and we put some up at Christmas and uh, yeah, they're all over my house. That's awesome. I had no idea. I think that's really cool. That's funny that we didn't know that about each other. Right. That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love connecting with people and connecting with things like that. Yeah. Okay. So in, in talking about lighthouses, you just mentioned a second ago that you have more ideas on light and I just love listening to that and I want to have other people feel that because you, you're very, very inspired the way you talk about light. So I'm going to let you carry on. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, so, so we're told that in the scriptures that Jesus Christ is the light uh-huh. and that, and that he is the light and life of all the world. And so I feel that as we, invite him into our lives as we pray and invite that light to fill our lives that we will be able truly to overcome the adversary in the last day. And, you know, we're told all throughout the scriptures, like really it's over 50 times, um, that to pray always that you may overcome the adversary at the last day. Um, prayer is like one of the greatest forms of light that you can have in your life. Um, prayer is to me, First of all, it's your connection with, with our Heavenly Father, but mm-hmm. it's also um, inviting him in. You know, we the adversary, his plan is force, and he will just come in, and he will tell us all kinds of 
things about ourselves or others that are are untrue and unkind and um he doesn't we don't have to invite him in he'll just he'll just walk he'll open the door anytime yep but but when it comes to our heavenly father like our agency is really important to him and so prayer is that work that we do to invite our heavenly father in and to invite his angels and his his light and the savior into our life and um, if we are not having that connection with heavenly father through prayer that's something that we need to do better at because it is through that prayer that we are inviting him into not only our lives but into other people's lives i i think it's interesting you know the scriptures say um that we should pray for our enemy uh-huh. and and so many people think, well, why why does Heavenly Father want us to pray for our enemy? But the reason why is because most likely if your enemy is in a place where they're being adversarial, they're not praying for themselves. Uh-huh. And and Heavenly Father can't enter in and help soften their heart and help help them if someone's not asking him to do that, if he's not invited there. And so prayer is is the means that we can not only receive blessings in our own life but where we can help other people receive the blessings that they need through our asking for them and inviting them into their lives which is another reason why we're told charity never faileth because if we love our enemy if we love those people who are using us and we pray for them then god can make miracles happen in their life and if we just understood that, um, I think that we would pray more for our enemies and our hearts would be softened towards them, realizing that they are God's children too. And he wants us to pray for them because someone has to pray for them in order for him to help. And they most likely aren't praying for themselves. So prayer is really one of the greatest things that we can do to add light into our life. It, it really does um, increase our light. And um, well, you know, one of the one of the leaders in my church, he has this quote that I think is just beautiful. And he said, well, virtue by choice will not associate with filth. Evil cannot tolerate the presence of light. And that is really the basis of what I believe light can do for us, that the more we add it in, the less the adversary can attack us or affect us or uh-huh. bring us down or discourage us. And And I think it's interesting that um, like all of those negative thoughts that we have in our lives, all of those doubts and all of those are from the adversary. And the way that we can get rid of them is, first of all, say a prayer and ask Heavenly Father to cast him away from you. And to just like Jesus did when he was out in the wilderness, he he asked people, he asked Satan, he said, you know, get the get the hunt, Satan. And um, we can do that, too. We can ask Heavenly Father to do that, we can tell them ourselves and then invite light in by quoting scripture, by singing a hymn. Like, you know, there's some beautiful hymns out there. And and there's a really cool story in the Bible that talks about the power of hymns. And I, for me, hymns are a huge source of light for me. Um, me and too. To get, and to get rid of that darkness and those negative thoughts in my life, it's a huge source. There's in Second Chronicles 20, there's this really incredible story about Jeremiah, uh, Jehoshaphat. So Jehoshaphat, he was a righteous king at the time, and he had three armies. He was told that three armies were coming to destroy them. 
And um, so he had everyone fast, everyone in his kingdom, when men, women, and children, all of them fasting um, to help them know what to do about these, these three kingdoms that were coming to destroy them. And um, as they were fasting, a prophet rose up and he said, this is not your battle to fight. This is the Lord's battle. And if you go out and face your enemy tomorrow, the Lord will deliver you. And so the next morning, they went out with no weapons. They all got in a row. Jehoshaphat put his best singers at the front, and they marched to go out and meet their enemy, like these three huge armies. And as they marched, they started singing songs that praised God. They started singing praises to God. And as soon as they started singing the Lord set an embarkment and those armies then turned and fought each other and they destroyed all three of them. Everyone in those opposing armies were destroyed and King Jehoshaphat's people just went and it took them three days to get all of the spoils from war, but they didn't even have to lift a finger. All they had to do was lift their voice. And that is what, what um, helped them to conquer. And so like there is so much power in praise. Um, think about when the, when Israel, the Israelites, you know, um, they went and the the wall, the wall of Jericho, like it came tumbling down because they went around seven for seven days and played the trumpet, and then they sang praises, the Hosanna shout, the last day, and the wall came tumbling down, and they defeated Jericho, which was like their their something that they thought was unattainable. But it came down because of praise. And um, so for me, like praising our Heavenly Father, praising our Jesus is like singing those hymns of praise is one of the most powerful ways we can bring that light into our lives and uh, make the places where we stand holy. And um, I think that if we understood that, like it seems so simple, I really sing a hymn. But if you think about um, when Moses held up the staff and all they had to do was look and people didn't look because of the easiness of the way, it's the same thing. Like if we applied music to our life in such a way that it is healing and that it is a, that it is a prayer, a praise to our Heavenly Father, it is one of the most powerful things that we have on this earth that will help us to dispel the darkness. And um, that's the power of light in our lives. I mean, there's other things like, you know, reading our scriptures, that's the word of God, that's bringing light into our lives. Um, sharing our testimony is is light. Um, being kind to someone, like saying kind things about yourself, saying kind things about your spouse and your children and service, serving others, serving those that you love, that is bringing light into your life. Um going to church and taking the sacraments and going to your holy places of worship and uh, communing with the Lord, like all of those things, they bring light into our lives. And the more light we have, the more we can place ourselves in a sphere where the temptings of the adversary will not be of a challenge. And we can have more joy and more hope in those things. So, and we can walk through the darkness and not get hurt or burned or saddened. It's amazing. Is there anything else that you feel like you should share? I just want to share with your listeners that if you're struggling, if you are um, wondering if God is there, if you 
um, are feel like you're walking in darkness, try like just experiment on what I'm saying and and first of all, pray to your heavenly Father, read your scriptures and sing a hymn because that those are the three three powerful ways that you can bring light into your life and and the more you do it, the more you will recognize that that God really is there and that he is waiting and he is answering your prayers. There was a time in my life where I really was questioning if God was even there. And I decided I was going to just keep a journal that would um, show me God's hand in my life. And so anytime throughout the day, there was something that happened that I couldn't explain. I would go to my journal and I would say, this happened. This is an evidence that God's there. And then the remarkable thing about that is that you can look back and you can see that there is evidence every single day that God's hand is in your life. And when you're doubting your testimony or wondering or questioning, you can go back and you can read your journal and you can see, wow, he really is in my life. I saw that. I prayed for this and then I got it. And then I prayed for this and then I got that. And then he said my he he did this for me and and I know it wasn't a coincidence like all those things that we see as coincidences they are really God reaching out and saying I'm here I'm here just hold on just hold on and I'll get you through it and I think that if we approached our day like that and we approached it as trying to find the the evidences of God's love and kept him in our prayers and in our thoughts and sing the hymns, we would not only see the evidences of God's love, but we would feel that love um, wholeheartedly and know without a doubt that he is walking us through things. And I also um, want to share to be patient in the process because sometimes you are fighting a lot of darkness and in order to dispel that darkness, you need a greater portion of light. So it's going to require more than just one prayer. It's going to require more than a week of prayers. It's going to require significant, an in, significant increase in light so that you can overcome the darkness that you're facing. So, so just remember that it takes time. It's line upon line. It's one prayer at a time. And the more you put that light into your life, the more you will be able to overcome that darkness. And, and I know that that's true because that is how I've been able to overcome the darkness in my own life and in my own past and my own childhood. I know without a doubt that it is true um, that God loves us and that he's there for us and that he is doing all he can to, um, to help us get through the hard stuff. So that's just my final testimony. You are so amazing. I hope that everybody feels your strength and your love and your passion for, for your Savior. I hope people do the things that you've said. Pray and read your scriptures and, and sing hymns of praise to God. If someone's in the situation that you were in as a child, do you have any advice for them? I think that um, if you're in a situation where there's abuse 
or neglect or hardship or any kind of trial, depression, any, any kind of trial, any mental illness or even just like emotional stress or distress or any kind of distress that is just bringing you down, I would just encourage you to connect with someone. Don't carry that burden alone. There is a lot of times, it, it wasn't until I actually talked to talked to my church leader that I felt that burden lifted and I felt that I wasn't alone. And and if I hadn't have talked to him, I would have never understood um, my mother. I would have never forgiven her. I would have continued to be in that place of contention my whole life. But because I, I, I prayed, I felt the spirit prompting me to speak to him and I had the courage to open my mouth. It changed my life. Like it really changed my life. And there are going to be, um, people in your life that you can trust, like pray to heavenly father, ask him what you should do, who you could talk to that will help you through the hardship and then have the courage to talk to them. It's it's scary to share your story. It's scary to share what's happening. But I promise you that if you share with the people that the Spirit prompts you to share with, they will be your angels in this life. And they will help carry you through. And they will get you to the place you need to be in order to come out of it. Um, I think that we feel sometimes, especially as women, that we need to have it all together and that we need to be perfect and that we need to, um, some people call it air our dirty laundry. But the thing is, is that it's not our dirty laundry. It is who we are. It is the trials that we're having. And it is important for us to find someone we trust to share it with so that we're not carrying that burden alone. You know, there's a story about Moses when he w- was with the children of Israel and and he, um, they, they would stand in long lines throughout the day. He would sit in a chair and this, this long line would come out and people would come to him and they would say, this is what I need. And he would go pray to God and he would get revelation for them and he would help them. And it, it he was counseling. So many people were struggling. He was counseling with them all the time. His father-in-law came to him and he said, Moses, if you continue to do this, you're going to wear yourself out. You're you're doing a disservice not only to you, but but to these people that you need to find. He said, find men that you trust and put them up in each city. And then only the really hard ones can come to you. And so Moses did that. He put he put elders in all the cities who people would then go to them and, and counsel with them. And then Moses would just take the ones that they couldn't they couldn't work with. And so I feel like, um, in our own lives, one, we need to get that personal revelation for ourselves and we need to make sure we're going to heavenly father, but two, we need to find people we can trust and we need to allow them to help us in our life and let go of our pride and find the humility and the courage to share. I think if more people shared, the more we'd realize we're not alone. We're all going through stuff and it's all hard. I agree. We are all going through garbage and I think we all hide it. I shouldn't say we all hide it. We all want to be printers pretty and Instagram pretty. So we hide a lot of our garbage that we have going on. Anyway, 
You're so awesome. I just love you. Thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It was my pleasure. I'm very grateful to be here. This has been so fun. Okay, I'm going to give you a long-distance hug across the airways (laughs) and let you go. Thanks, Tiffany. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So, mamas, I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to Tiffany Fletcher today as much as I did. Oh my gosh, she's so fun. So at the end of my each of my podcast episodes, I always um, go through and reiterate a couple of things that were said during the podcast. So first of all, with Tiffany, she says that we are living in a world where darkness is very persistent and we need to find the light in our own lives. Second of all, Tiffany shared with us ways to find light in our lives. She talked about prayer, that it's one of the greatest things you can have in your life. And she talked about praying for our enemies so the Heavenly Father will soften their hearts. Other things Tiffany mentioned are singing praises to God, speaking kind things to others, doing service, attending church, communing with the Lord and journaling about the things in your life. Third, Tiffany also reminded us to be patient in this process. God loves us, and He is there for us, and He is doing all He can to help each of us get through the darkness, but we need to do our part. Now, the fourth thing Tiffany did is she gave advice for someone that might be going through something hard, kind of like she was in her childhood. Her advice was to find somebody that you can trust and allow them to help you in your life. The more that you share, the more that we realize we are all going through stuff and that we are not alone. Now, the last thing that I want to reiterate that Tiffany said was, you are built for the storms and to give hope. Fill yourself, friends, with this light that she has talked about so that you can go out and rescue others from the darkness. As we invite the Savior into our lives, we will be able to overcome the adversary because he is the light and life of the world. Friends, If you know a mama who might be struggling right now, please share this with her so that we can all spread hope and each find the light in our lives. Have a good day.